welcome. Thanks for doing this, man. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Can you hear me? You can probably hear me better now. That looks great. Sounds great. I got to give me one oh. of those. I'm just standing mine up like poverty guy. <laughs> oh, you got You mean one of these microphones? Yeah. I'm yeah, moving around. I need a studio. That's what I need. A whole setup. Yep. So uh, across the street, my friend just moved out of his apartment to live here, and we're using his old apartment as a studio. And I cannot wait because we're just everything in there is going to be like set. Like we just yes. walk in, all the cameras, all the lighting, everything. So yeah, yeah, I can't wait for that. It's probably going to be much easier to film content. It makes a difference. Are you? You don't have a podcast as such. It's just the YouTube that you do mostly, right? Yeah, so I, I do have a podcast, but um, I it's I don't take it very seriously at all. I have like three episodes, but right. YouTube I'm I'm grinding on. Yeah, um, you're probably the best in the game at YouTube right now that I know of. Um, I am looking to get more into it. Obviously, it's an issue with my you know not showing my face or whatever, but I think I can do it still. Um, but I'm interested in what in the current climate of YouTube, what you think is you know, popping, what's really trending, how do you, you know, consistently perform and what have you experienced in the YouTube world that, you know, has it changed over the years? Because I know it, you know, like with all social medias, things change, you know, what gets popular doesn't, but I'm sure you would say consistency and quality of content is the main thing, right? Like with everything. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So content is the number one thing, no matter what, if you're making really good videos, you're going to pop off for sure. Like, and if you're doing it consistently, um, there's nobody in, on YouTube that like makes really good videos consistently that doesn't eventually blow up. They all do. Yeah. Um, so that's really what it is. And what kind of, what kind of content you do make is up to you. And mm -hmm. I mean, in your case, you're quite interesting. I think there's so oh, much content <laughs> i think there's so much content you could make for sure yeah. like you could make content for years yeah. um so i wouldn't i wouldn't even look for like trends or anything like that in your case because i mean yeah. you look at look at your like you have like a cult following you know yeah. so if they follow you there they're gonna love you on youtube for sure i think yeah. it'd be easy for you if you're trying to get on yeah i think um i need to have a period of my life where i go you know logan mode like do a vlog every day for just like three months or he did it for a year right logan uh paul. logan paul he did something like that yeah vlog every day crazy but, yeah um, i mean his his videos are also those vlogs are very good like the psychology of those vlogs and the editing and everything about that was really good so hmm. and i wouldn't necessarily just adopt that mindset i would just try to make the best videos you could possibly make right uh, even if you're posting once a week obviously the more you do it the better but logan was making amazing videos every single day but he had like a whole, a whole team of people so yeah yeah so yeah that's what i would focus on just making the best possible videos yeah i mean everything that i write about can be made into a video just you know lifestyle can be made into a video but i think it's uh it's definitely there's a lot of money behind youtube not just the ad revenue but you know you know, promoting my own supplements and, and other things but i think it's like uh one of the best ways to connect with your audience one-on-one -on -one because it's less you know as long as you like make the video right it's it's kind of just boom i'm speaking to you face to face or it's less um it's more real with youtube yeah no dude youtube is is a is a tree that 
like a seed that grows into a into a tree that provides uh, unlimited fruit um yeah. in every way possible like yeah it, it gives you plenty of money for sure if you do it the right way uh it gives you status it gives you um a network of people everybody wants to be friends with youtubers yeah. and it's just like yeah the networking alone is is worth it and then if you put everything else on top it's just brownie points cool um how are your travels man you've just been kind of globe trotting <laughs> huh <laughs> dude yeah i'm back home for about 20 days and then i'm yeah. going to be gone for the entire month of june so I yeah. have been traveling a lot after June. I don't really have any plans. That's it for the okay. for this year. But I for for now, like shit, always will come up yeah, spontaneously. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, I've been traveling. I had I had a good time in Tulum, and I realized that I I um I enjoy traveling. So I like <laughs> yeah, <a bit> more. <laughs> I don't think anyone doesn't enjoy it. And everyone's after pandemics like, all right, my my itch needs to be scratched and just get out of the country and. You know, just experience the world. I think that's when, you know, new environments and new people it gives you new ideas, new experiences. And I've been writing about this a little bit recently, just because if you do the same thing every day at your job, you know, you can have a nine to five job, but on your days off and your spare time, do new things and meet interesting people and just be in an environment or live your life in a way that cultivates magic and cultivates serendipitous experiences. But if you do the same things every single day, then yeah, shit ain't gonna change. And travel is kind of, I think, just a default way to hack that becoming like, to just experience different things. I'm sure you experienced that as well. Yeah, definitely 100%. Like just the new experiences, new stimulus, it um, makes me very happy. What was your favorite? Which place is my favorite? Um, well, I'm going to have to say Tulum as of right now. I haven't traveled too many places, but I'm going to have to pick Tulum for the yeah. time being. Would you live there? Um, I would have a house there, but I wouldn't yeah. live there. I wouldn't yeah. live there long term. It's, a cool it's place. not. Yeah, it, it, it's cool. I mean, the food's good and, and uh, it's the vibe. The energy there is quite interesting, mm. um, but I need something like uh, consistent and high quality that um like that i can i know what to expect every day at least for a home base which yeah. is like arizona colorado um that kind of stuff so yeah. maybe utah i don't know yeah that's what i'm realizing is you know moving around a lot is of course amazing grateful for it but uh the real consistent having everything in the right place is really where you make the most positive um consistent strides in your you know your output really you'll make the most progress if you yeah. uh, have a routine yeah and if you're not distracted <clears throat> what is your routine when you're at home um yeah i'll tell you i'm just real quick interjection is this are we filming the podcast is this yes the podcast okay yeah. cool <laughs> i didn't know if we were just like warming up or talking before but perfect yeah um, straight into it brother awesome uh my routine so Okay, so it's pretty it's pretty similar every single day. It changes just very, very slightly uh, every day, so I don't go insane. But uh, <laughs> usually, usually wake up around seven or eight, um, and then I'll work for about an hour um, after I like stretch and like look at the sun and stuff and whatever. Good. Uh, good. Work. I'll drink some coffee because um, I love caffeine, um, especially <laughs> now. So I'll drink some of that, and then I'll uh, fix my first meal. 
and then about an hour after my first meal i'll go and work out so usually that's around let's say like 11 10 11 today was at nine a little earlier switching it up uh then i'll come back usually make my second meal and then i'll work throughout the day usually until like four or five get everything done uh and then after that it's like free game um so i start hanging out with friends or like going and seeing people more uh and then working a little bit in between here or there uh that's what happens 80 percent of the time when i'm home and then at nine or ten like uh I finish up anything that needs to be done by the end of the day and then get ready to go to bed. Usually around midnight. That's pretty much how it goes every single day. Midnight. Um, That's pretty late. Yeah, I go to I go to bed around midnight. Yeah. Around midnight and wake up around seven, eight. That's yeah. that sounds pretty good. I think uh, having a, a balanced day to day is uh, like really you're doing what, like one, you know, close to eight hours of work a day, maybe a bit less. Well, yeah, it's, it's probably less than that. I mean, I'm always like, it's always kind of working because, you know, you're like, you're going to have wait on somebody for something and then you're going to run out and do something that's not work. Yeah. And then, you know, you're going to come back and do like another 30 minutes. So you're always yeah. kind of working. But yeah. if you were to c compress it all with no skips, I'd probably like five hours, six hours a day. That's that's what I like people always saying like dude you're so busy like how do you do it all it seems like you're always working it's like mm, yeah kind of like you are always doing something or you know waiting on something back from someone else or thinking about something or texting someone but really like condensed like like you said you're having your breaks you're going to the gym you're cooking your food so it's not really sitting down and and being at work for eight hours straight which i think leads to the burnout that you get so like being an entrepreneur or whatever as long as you're always kind of just pushing the ball along, uh, you don't have to be seated at a desk for eight hours a day, which I think is a very important distinction and make sure that you don't lead to burnout. Because no one's, no one's productive if they sit down and it's unhealthy. And you know, if you're working like that, what the fuck's the point anyway? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's way more enjoyable to like take breaks throughout the day and like let your mind like, you know, like, um, what is it like restart a little bit you know yeah, not reset. just burning out like you just said yeah reset mm. uh the caffeine are you still doing the sober uh sober may or just having sober a break may. for nicotine oh okay so i quit i completely quit nicotine like 13 days ago so that's <laughs> not why counting <laughs> oh yeah i have i have the numbers on my bathroom mirror and i cross yeah, them out every day nice. <laughs> it's hard man i uh it's it's really hard because i've it's easy i'm i was really addicted you're right it's super easy <laughs> i was really addicted to nicotine for a long time um and it would get like worse and better of course like up and down but it started in high school so like six five six years ago um yeah and it, it got like right before i quit it was pretty bad um i was hitting it constantly all the time I so I right? like yeah yeah so i went in high school it was jewels and then yeah. it was vapes and then mods and then i quit all of that because i watched peaky blinders and i started smoking cigarettes i was like <laughs> i'm fucking <laughs> I said, i'm smoking cigarettes vapes are gay like vapes are <laughs> and then I, I started hand rolling i started hand rolling my own cigarettes for a year okay or something up. like that better. yeah and then i uh and then i stopped smoking cigarettes well I want to I want to make a point 
when I was smoking cigarettes, I like convinced everyone because like all my friends were like, dude, why are you smoking cigarettes? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, they're actually better than vapes because this has 1.8 milligrams of nicotine in it. Uh, and plus, I'm only going to smoke like three a day. And that yeah. vape, you're like, you're consuming way more smoke carcinogens and nicotine than I am. So it's like, yeah. this is better. Yeah. And it's like real ish. And tobacco like, is a tobacco. plant. Yeah, as it's long like as you're getting organic real. tobacco, it's like you pick the plant, you dry it, like that's got to be a hundred times better than the bathtub chemicals that you're sucking on all day with the vape. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's how I explained it to them. And they all kind of like looked and they're like, oh, okay, <laughs> like, I guess I understand a little bit. But yeah, so I quit, I quit cigarettes, went back to the vape. And then I just smoked like a train. And then finally, <laughs> I felt so, so sick. And then the next morning, I was like, fuck this, I'm done. Like I was, I was, I was angry. I was like being like very edgy and angry all the time. And I was like, fuck this. I'm not, I don't want to do anymore. So I just stopped. Yeah. So yeah, to, to bring that back around now, I abuse caffeine instead. So <laughs> my caffeine intake has gone up, but I'm nicotine free. So, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to let this stimulant, I'm going to allow it to happen and then bring it back down over time. Yeah. Um, but right now I'm probably consuming like three, 400 milligrams of caffeine a day. Which okay, a that's a tidy amount. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that coffees? Great. <laughs> coffees or bangs um, or what are you having? So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be Nespresso's, espresso shots, coffees, nitro cold brews, and um, maybe an energy drink here and there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you probably know my thoughts on that, but uh, the <laughs> the it's you know it's baby steps. You know, you get rid of the nicotine; it's a big thing. You've had it for years, and um, yeah, that's a step in the right direction. But I personally, I haven't been super addicted like to that level, having it all day. Uh, but as of about three weeks ago now, uh, just quit everything. Um, I was using it for kind of you know relatively mindfully you know like when i was riding i'd have nicotine have espresso most mornings uh regardless but yeah it was it was just kind of at a point i've been thinking about it a while and um i think that there's a lot of valid uh there's a lot of value in being completely sober and i've only been at it for you know close to three weeks so my my experience in it is not you know, it's super in depth now and there's people been doing it for years and I'm sure they're saying the same thing. But some things I have noticed is that the day just seems longer in general. It's like when you have a stimulant, yes, you are, you know, you could say above baseline, uh, engage with a task or, you know, your creative output is, you know, you can concentrate more allegedly uh, if you rely on it, whatever. But it, it seems to condense time as well like your experience of the day is less because you're you maybe you're m more focused on one thing but you're just like less perceptive and it kind of presses the fast forward button on a lot of things same with nicotine mm. uh same with you know most stimulants that people use uh caffeine and nicotine being the kind of two main ones in society today uh but you know what else have i found uh in general just like i have energy to do anything up until bedtime and then it's like boom i'm tired like you don't have any slumps uh physique is better because your or my my appetite has been you know higher and more consistent throughout the day and you know digestion has been better skin's been better so and i think like there's a reason the monks don't do anything like that right if you want to access the kind of higher spiritual levels of a lot of things you have to 
cut out anything that might be polluting your body, you know, for lack of a better word. So anyone, you know, listening, if, if, if you've, you know, when nicotine or caffeine has been abused, um, it doesn't have to be an addiction to be abused, but if you're having something every day and you need it to function, then it really is something to consider at least having, you know, a good month off to really ascertain where your level of responsibility and like relationship with these drugs, um, is that because I think most people need that reality check. Yeah. So what I want to, what's your goal with being sober? Like, why do you, why are you, uh, chasing or I guess pursuing sobriety completely? Is it like just overall health and well being, yeah. or is there something? It's, it's, it is that it's, you know, mentally just being like, well, you know, I have used the nicotine and caffeine as a crux for doing things like this you know oh the nicotine helps me get into a creative space more and, and i can talk and everything and it's like okay but all of that creative energy and you know god acting through you and whatever you're doing in my writing it's like that's always there you don't necessarily need a particular chemical compound to unlock that in you so i think part of me was just like well, what are you like? Are you relying on that? So, is it is it the nicotine that's that's doing this writing or speaking this podcast? No, it's you. And so, part of that was just me. All right, I can I can do this sober. I will do this sober, and I'll try it. Uh, and not, you know, I've never had any issue with um, addiction, shall we say? I was always able to have a week, two weeks off. But I think I'm just at a point in my life where I think it would be do me good. I'm aiming for you know a few months. And, and then we'll just see where we're at. I still think that there's a place for these things like espresso and maybe a hand rolled cigarette or you know, nicotine pouch every now and then uh, in crunch times, especially with work. I think as long as you have a positive relationship with those things that they you know work out. But there's also, uh, if I want to think about having children uh, in, in the future, uh, the quality of your sperm is dependent on the chemical composition of your body as well and how healthy your body is. So if you're constantly ingesting cortisol, or sorry, not inject, having coffee and nicotine, which raises cortisol, then which is the stress hormone, obviously, then your sperm quality is going to be, you know, more anxious. And the state of your body when you fertilize the egg with your sperm is dependent on, you know, how day to day you're treating your body. So if you're constantly giving it good nutrition, sleeping well, getting sun, <clears throat> literally the biogenetic, epigenetic code that you're delivering your children off through uh, insemination when you, you know, make a child is going to impact their entire life. So wow. I've been thinking about that for me. And I think, you know, having consistent caffeine, nicotine, THC, whatever it is uh, over the years that it wouldn't hurt to just go through a slightly longer period of detox. If it is, if that is something that I, um, want to do, you know, in the, in the future, which it is. So that was really the motivation behind it at the moment. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, that's good. <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah. Mm. I understand. That makes sense. Yeah. You want to have kids soon? Yeah, dude. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind, uh, being married by one of my 23 halfway to 24 i wouldn't be mind being married by 25 26 probably yeah. yeah and having kids like maybe two years after then i wouldn't mind yeah. that at all yeah i reckon by i think 30 that sure yeah by 30 yeah for sure i would that'd be totally cool and even if i had kids throughout my early 30s and had more because i want to have i don't want to just have one or two um yeah the sooner the better because 
in, in my opinion, like, did you watch my podcast with Iman? Uh, Gazi? No. Yeah. But I will. Okay. You should, you should go check that out. Um, me and Iman agree on a lot of things, but one thing we're completely different on is he wanted kids when he was like late thirties and I wanted in a couple of years, um, yeah. if possible. And he had a fear of missing out on like life, um, things that you can't do when you have a family and children. Yeah. Uh, and I had like also a fear of missing out, but in the complete opposite. Mm. So it's like, mm. I want to have kids younger so that I can see them grow up and like do all of the things that um, I enjoyed so much throughout life. Like, yeah. you know, the first time you do something, it's really like incredible. And it's a, it's an experience, uh, experience that imprints on you. Yeah. And it's like amazing to witness that in people as well. So like, yeah. for example, I'll give you an example, a materialistic one. Like I got my my car, my dream car, my RA, and I took it for a drive for the first time and it was incredible. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, you keep driving and you get used to it, but then there's um, some sort of satisfaction you get when you take other people in that car for the first time mm. and you see them react because you're kind mm. of living through them. They're like, oh my God, yeah. this is so crazy. <laughs> and so you get to like relive it a little bit. Yeah. I think it's the exact same with kids. You get to relive all of those amazing things through your kids as they grow up learning you know seeing them drive for exactly. the first time seeing them yeah. fall in love yeah. seeing them kit like do all that beautiful stuff yeah. um and if you do it young enough then you get to live uh through your grandchildren as well and mm -hmm. you get to see your kids do what you did when you were that age so you get to do it again <laughs> so it's like yeah yeah but in a different way so it's it's the younger in my opinion the better also the more like healthy you are the more free yeah. you are yeah um and plus like i've I've talked to people that are older and they're, they're all said like that they've talked to people that are older uh, and, and one of the biggest regrets people have is not having more kids. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's like one of the biggest investments you can make in your life. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to do it and you're, you know, hopefully those kids will be there when you die and they're going to continue living on. So it's like, you know, there's, there's nothing quite as important as that as procreation, like for, from a biological, like, uh, natural duty as a human, yeah. uh, but also as like a um, fulfilling, just like happiness, seeing them experience that. And then yeah. what makes everything even better is if you choose someone carefully and you don't settle like, and you, and you really can like uh, practice love well and marriage well, you get to pick someone that's like so cool and then do all of that with them. So it's like, dude, I can't wait. That's like, sounds like yeah. the best thing ever. Yeah. So I can't wait for that. I agree with you 100%. It's, it's really the most monumentous task and most important task that we have because you're creating versions of yourself and downloading the software into their minds that's going to help them uh, do the best that they can but also uh, make the most positive impact. It's like when you have, a, when you have an, uh, an interaction with someone and it goes really well and you inspire them or you just help them out with a problem or you just, you know, you make them feel better that day. And then they go on to someone else, their family maybe once they're at home and they are in a great mood and they positively impact their family. And then all their family members the next day are just happy with life because they had a really great night with their dad last night or something like that. So this is chain reaction that all starts with something that you told them, a bit of advice. Now think about that metric with every single person that your kid interacts with across their whole life because of the life lessons that you instill in them and you know the code of ethics, the morals uh, that you give to them. So that kind of project as a parent is the most important thing you're going to do when you have you know upwards of I probably want you know, 
six, eight kids minimum. Uh, I think that's a good, a good number. Um, so that kind of butterfly network spread effect, all the families that they're then going to have, it's incredible. And what does that start with? It starts with you, you know, doing your thing. And what are you really missing out on is the other thing. It's like, if you are, you know, a business owner or whatever, and you, you make your own time, which I think everyone should aim to be in some way, shape or form, unless, you know, you have a job that enables you to set your own time and have experiences with your kids without, you know, too much bother. Um, like, what are you missing out on? Yeah, you can still take trips with your family. You can still go and experience new things. But like you said, you're doing it with these people that are with you for life. They're part of you. And really, it's just fulfilling the most inbuilt uh, drive in our DNA. So, yeah, I'm all for it yeah. as well. Um, another thing I wanted to, you kind of touched on something I even brought up in the podcast with Iman and Iman was like, well, I wanted seven kids. I was like, he's like, why do you want so many? And I'm like, what else are you going to do? Like in our <laughs> shoes, at least like I've, okay. So I'm 20, 23 now. And I've already like financially figured it out. And like, yeah. by the time I'm ready for kids, like we'll be sorted for sure. Yeah. And, and we'll be far, far, far ahead in the long. So it's like, what else? am I going to do? Like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. have to have a big family. What else am I going to do with my whole life? Like my whole time. Just walking around a I'm huge mansion, like, hmm. Yeah, like, what, what am I going to do with my life? Up. So I might yeah. as well. Yeah. Exactly. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to say. Um, I totally forgot what it was. Um, I don't know. I So my, my, both my grandparents passed away like two years ago, but before they did, we had, it was like my grandfather's 80th birthday and mm. we all went to this restaurant and rented out the back room and we're Romanians. So Romanians have a lot of kids, yeah. but I remember it was them two sitting in the, in the center, in the back. And then there was tables that went around like this, like a C or a horseshoe. Mm -hmm. And, and there must've been like a hundred people in there. And it cool. was like kids running around. There was just noise, just yeah. noise and screaming and laughter and hugs and people talking this and that and i was like this is crazy this is crazy. <laughs> like all of this came from from these two people from yeah, this woman yeah, yeah. i was like that's crazy and then now you know i used to take care of uh of old people i used to be like a caregiver my mom has been doing i was that saying for a while. i was a caregiver and my mom has been a caregiver for a while and i have personally like gone and taken care of old ladies and old men and and like I said, you remember how I told you how my grandparents were sitting at the table and there was like 800 mm. people there that I, I've taken care of women that were like alone in their house watching TV with like stuff cluttered and cats and stuff. Yeah. And I've been in that environment and I've seen it. And that feeling was yeah, in, extremely depressing. And I was like, I felt so bad. I was like, oh, my like, I felt really bad for this this woman. I was like, this is not not how I would want to be in my yeah. 80s. Like if yeah. I was a guy, if I was a girl, it's just this is sad. It's so sad. Versus the other one, the the feeling I got from being with all my family was like just overwhelming and incredible. And I was like happy. I was like, this isn't crazy. This is insane. Mm -hmm. All these kids. So yeah, that's just what I said. Yeah, it's there you're not gonna regret doing that. And everyone that I've spoken to, I think you mentioned before, is like the only regret they do have is not having more kids or having kids not having kids sooner because mm -hmm. obviously the sooner you have it, the more years you do have with your children and family mm -hmm. comes first at the end of the day. So I don't know there are some people that maybe their paths in life is not to have children and the great philosophers, the great uh, monks and spiritual leaders, not all of them had children because their, 
their destiny in this life was not to do that. And there are people that, you know, I respect that as well. But I think for most people listening to this podcast to like, at least the young guys and the young girls who listen, who maybe they've bought into the, 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 the lifestyle, which is like, you know, grind only, you know, date loosely, like, don't worry about it. You'll do it later um girls especially like just get a dog like don't want children they've fallen into the brainwashing of like oh you don't want to contribute to global warming like it's so selfish to have children like these these messaging and themes yeah garbage which is pushed by you know mainstream media and there is if you go deeper into it like why is that being done because there are people that want less people in the planet and that's a whole other discussion but i would employ anyone listening to be like just really think about what kind of values they want to propagate and is it really that beneficial to just endlessly party endlessly like you know sleep around and at the end of the day you'll wind up in a house when you're 80 year old when you're 80 years old with cats and yeah that's not a good yeah. good existence <clears throat> definitely hmm. What do your tats say? Um, this one says Drumumel. Small, just small right here on the inside. It means uh, my road in Romanian, or like my path, my street. Um, just because I'm very different from my family. Um, and I've like went left, <laughs> everyone went right. This yeah. one says perspective, um, which is which is important in my opinion and your perspective on things. It's everything is your reality um yeah you know you can two people can see the same exact situation in two different lenses and, and perceive it differently and that's life yeah uh, i have this one here which is um this is my the symbol of my company digital wealth that i started when i was 17 and i have one more somewhere oh yeah right here <laughs> that's <laughs> nice that's my first one so i i um <laughs> this one's like it's like a pretty stupid tattoo yeah but my ex-girlfriend wanted me to get tattoos for like three years and I was like, no, I'm never going to do it because I was just, I grew up against them because I, Pentecostal religion, you're not supposed to, it's a sin. Yeah. Um, so I was like, there's no point, rather just have a clean body. And I was driving home from uh, the warehouse one day where I was working and I was like, I'm going to get a fucking tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I just stopped and I got this. And then I walked in and I was like, look, I got a tattoo. No, it's just Wi-Fi because it's like, that's what um, enabled you changed, to, yeah, yeah, changed yeah. the course of my family. Like my family were, yeah, you know, uh, grew up in not. I, I don't know what I don't know how you define poverty, but very, very, very less than ideal situations in a communist country. And then they immigrated, they escaped, they fled in search of a better life. And then you know we grew up poor forever. And then internet, and then now well, we course corrected. So that's great. Was she happy that you got those? Which one, my ex-girlfriend? Ex. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, she's like, she's like, <laughs> oh, him. cool, nice. <laughs> yeah. And then I got, I got this one with her as well. And then the, we broke up, and then I got my leg tattoo next. And then I got. That's cool, man. The perspective one I've been thinking about a lot recently, um, and how everything is consciousness and your perception. So there's this whatever this reality is, this physical reality, um, 
like you said, two different people can walk through the same situation and one can hate it, one can talk down on it, one can just see all like, oh, there's dirt on the floor, what's going on, there's a cockroach there. Or someone can walk through it and be like, wow, the walls are so pretty, it's so, it's, the sky is so beautiful. And, and that then becomes their experience of life and our experience of life is uh, consciousness, is reality. So, you know, I, I don't know why you got the tattoo specifically, but I can imagine it would be some reminder of your perspective, just like, oh, you know, your perspective, no matter how bad things are, it is merely a perception and a judgment on the situation, on the nature of what is. And that's a super important lesson to make because it then makes like your experience of life in any situation is like, well, I'm still eating. I'm still, you know, sleeping in a nice bed. And in business, especially like some of the things that happen, you like don't go to plan, but then uh, it works out better in the end with a different product or a better supplier or whatever it is. It's because you're able to see rather than just like you have someone that's like, oh, my plan fell apart. This is so horrible. They fixate on the same thing, the lost thing for like months and then they're unable to see any other perspective and so just kind of like end up not making any progress and that I see a lot of people, I see that happen to a lot of people is they get stuck on a perspective because they're addicted to the emotions that that validates their ego. Mm, yeah, for sure. They get addicted to that feeling. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Do you have any tattoos at all? You won't be getting any, will you? Wait, you're 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 muted. I think I can't hear you. Negative. <laughs> Shit. There, there you go. I got you. Good. Cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. What did you, so you said no. You're... I'm still clean. Okay, but I, would you get any? Um, I've thought about it. When I thought I wanted to be a doctor. <clears throat> <laughs> Uh, I, I hypothesized about how cool it would be to have like the, you know, the, like the sigil of Hermes, which is like the star for the two snakes going around it. Like okay. I was like a, a jacked doctor and just like pop the bicep. And then that was kind of just like on the arm. I thought that'd be fucking sweet. Um, yeah. You know, I, I thought about maybe family crests or um, other things, but never really been that serious about it. I'm not like, completely completely against it but i think just it, it's it's almost counterculture to not have tattoos any these days mm -hmm. yeah it's like <laughs> i remember seeing a tweet where um he was just like musing about why tattoos are you know so common he's like you see some fat girl with uh mcdonald's tattooed on her arm and it's like <laughs> what's happening there like why has it become this kind of not rebellious, but just like almost like a liberal thing to just tattoo, like you see in Oregon and places like that, where I don't know. Everywhere, to, bro. Everywhere. Yeah. Yours why do you think that is? Meaning. Why do you think people get? Why do you think there's such a like a bullish trend on tattoos? I think it's because if you're insecure about yourself and you don't have a real sense of self and values then you change your external self to try and attain value in that sense. The same, same reason why people like dye their hair. It's like, maybe if I go blonde, other people will like me more or I'll like myself more rather than just, you know, this is my natural hair color. I look good and whatever it's, 
it's like you see mentally deranged liberal people they usually have their hair dyed or it's cut short uh they have earrings piercings and i do think it's it's some level of just like slow demonic transition and like the people that are really fucked up maybe they've gone to uni and university and just adopted this communist ideology you can see that they follow the same kind of physical degradation trends which involves like mutilating your body with piercings and you know cutting your hair shaving your head if you're a girl and tattooing yourself i think it's just like this warped sense of self that kind of progresses slowly and slowly into you know because you're unhappy with yourself on the inside and it's something to then point to it's like this is my identity this is this thing this material thing on the outside of my body this is me whereas that is just like a fucked up perception of what you actually are which is the self behind all of the definitions all of the labels and all the rest of it so there's ways that you can change your appearance in good way there's good ways and bad ways right yep. um why do you think people choose the bad ways do you think it's because it's easier like for example if you didn't like the way that you looked mm. you could eat healthier food and you could go lift weights as a yep. man or a woman and then yep. you would look better you know yep. but look war, why, why why would people like get fat and why would people dye their hair why would people choose the outlets that are negative instead of like doing something yeah, better for themselves. I mean it's easy you can go into a, a hairdresser and come out in an hour's time and you've got dyed hair um but you can't go to the gym once and then come out with bigger biceps I mean you'll have a pump so you'll have like literally bigger biceps for half an hour or so but not to the point where like someone that's really down in the dumps can can do that and that's why there aren't many people with impressive physiques or maybe just vibrant radiant health they don't necessarily have to lift heavy all the time but just taking care of the body and you know getting sunlight walking around which just kind of manifests itself in ah oh, that person is attractive because they're taking care of their body and you can see their level of health rather than you know yeah like wanting this quick fix and yeah you might look a little bit better with blonde hair but if you have blonde hair and then your hair kind of gets a bit less healthy and then you're not taking care of yourself the rest of the time like it's kind of in vain in that sense so it's just like a band-aid solution but you also have at root i think people just like not thinking they deserve to look good or not thinking that they can look good and so it's like this self self-harm in a way by just like like uglification yeah yeah exactly like i i believe on some levels there's the physical health but um I don't know if you've ever seen that Roald Dahl snippet from his book, uh, The Witches, where he shows like a picture of this fat old lady, um, but she's looking like smiling, red rosy cheeks, and then like this skinny old lady with like furrowed brow, like su super angry. And the, the text basically explaining like, a good person thinking good thoughts can never look ugly. And you know, even if they're not necessarily like classically attractive, their energy is gonna be such that their eyes are bright, they're warm they feel good to be around like that's attractive and they're nice because of the thoughts and internal moral compass that they have um which radiates out with them the energy that they're putting out whereas if someone is you know negative really upset just pissed off at everything jealous all of that that itself manifests in how the body like moves different muscles like you're angry your brow is going to furrow if you do that over and over and over and over again for years because you're angry and upset about things, then that's going to literally change the facial muscles in your head. 
So you generally, like when you're 50, it's like, oh, that guy's been angry and upset most of his life. That's not very nice to look at. So you mm -hmm. have these several things where emotions, quality of thoughts and levels of energy are literally physically manifesting in the quality of your, your body, whether it's muscle tone or whatever, but also uh, at an energetic level, which then affects organs, right? If you have liver cancer, for example, there are the liver deals with anger in, you know, traditional medicine, ancient medicine. So a lot of the times people that have liver problems usually drink a lot, usually angry all the time. Um, you know, alcohol has to be processed by the liver. So you could argue that's, you know, that's why they're getting liver cancer as well. But there's usually some in any cancer in any area of the body, uh, there's usually some unresolved emotional issue, which is like contributing to that. I'm not saying it's hundred percent, obviously they're environmental, um, factors that go into this as well and i don't know the ins and outs of it but from some reading that i've done it's it's like emotions do have at least some role in the health of the body and manifesting in cancers and things and if you can break up tension or even like forgiving someone like if you hold a grudge against someone for years and years and years that pit of anger or you know revenge that that feeling that you hold on to can literally like cause you bad health because you're just holding on to it and those emotions are just like fucking up your organs pretty interesting yeah i believe it dude i bet i bet that there's so much shit that we don't know i think the only thing that i know is that i don't know i think that yep, that's all anyone can, that right? pretends to act like like oh that's not true like anyone that ever says oh that's not true like all right you're an idiot like because like <laughs> you don't know there's so much shit that you yeah. don't know like and that that physical manifestation of your thoughts bro i've seen that before i've mm. seen i i can see someone and be like that's a happy person and that's not a happy person that person's yeah. insecure for sure i yeah. can see it just by the way they walk like you yeah. can tell yeah. yeah you can like smell it yeah. um <laughs> smell weakness. also also in my yeah, also in myself too like during the the more the lower ends depressed times of my life years ago um a couple of years ago it it's different how people talk to you. It's different how people interact with you versus now when, when you're like happier, more vibrant, like people mm. just treat you differently. It, it's for sure. I've noticed it. Yeah. For it's, sure. it's, you drink, you don't, you don't ever, sorry, go ahead. No, no, drink alcohol. I was going to say, do you ever like casually consume alcohol? Um, I have done, I haven't drunk since Christmas. And even then it was like two glasses of wine. Um, just alcohol was like something I used to drink a lot, man. Like Australian college times, it was a bottle of vodka three nights a week. It was just like, really, that was like horrible, horrible binge drinking culture. Um, but like, it was like pre drinks. Yeah. I have a bottle of vodka and then I don't need any drinks when I'm out, uh, kind of mindset. And I was like 18, 19, um, not good. Not condoning it. Don't think anyone should do that, but that's what I did. Uh, I was still like, I would have vodka with soda water and then like an amino acid mix. And like, that would be my, my drink of choice. So I still kind of like was relatively healthy while drinking, still gymming, still eating well. And that got me through it. But yeah, I, it's not good. And since those days, I would have the occasional bender um, if I was on holiday or whatever and, and have a bit more to drink than I usually would. But for the past few years, it's been like, yeah, two glasses of red wine with dinner amongst friends. And that would be the only time that I drink because it's just not worth it. And I prefer being up and alert during the morning. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to know 
and I, I agree with that. It's just definitely hard in today's culture. I want to know, like, where did like Soul Bruh come from? Like, have you always been like this and you're just kind of leaning into it now and really expressing it? Or did it like, was there like some huge life event that like made you change course or what? Um, I feel like this has always been in me and it's just been a slow burn with finding the right vehicle to express it. I've always like seen the things around me, seen the way people act and notice like, hmm, that doesn't really make sense. Like why are you, for instance, like I talk a lot about stoicism and things like I would always see people getting upset even when I was a kid and be like, what are you doing? Like, it's this weird, like performative dance where, oh, I'm angry, I'm upset about things. Like, who are you doing that for? And I would still get upset, but not to the you know now I, I just don't get upset because i realize it's a false emotion and like i'm i'm reacting to something that i've concocted in my head if i'm getting upset about a situation or i'm losing my cool and that's a skill you can practice but in the essence of sobra like being healthy i was always as soon as i had the knowledge of something like i figured out oh going to the gym is good for you then I was always logically attacking life by thinking like as soon as I got the knowledge and I knew this was bad for me, oh, okay, I'm just not going to do that anymore. Like straight up. I never had an issue with like motivation or like, oh, I really want those lollies still like that kind of stuff just wasn't really how I looked at the world. But yeah, just, just as soon as I accumulated some knowledge, um, I was able to share it with my friends or, you know, my parents and then it was just like a, a pathway of figuring out how do I enable to work and monetize that because I always knew like, no, nah, I wasn't going to do office work. I did office work because that was just like, you know, pay the bills or whatever. But it was never something that I really felt deep inside me that I wanted to do. And I was always like, I always hated myself on some level for giving into that. At, you know, I was doing like odd jobs. Uh, to get by like moving furniture and i was a security guard and there was that rejection of it uh so i was like yeah working these less prestigious jobs um but it was still better than the office jobs in my mind but i think yeah just a deep just dissatisfaction with the standard modus operandi of of life and how you meant to go through it enabled me to just be dissatisfied enough to be like okay well there's a better way somewhere and dig into that learn along the way and now thankfully i have you know grateful for this opportunity to share all that stuff with people in this way and that's where it came from i guess nice um why do you uh conceal your face well you can see me here i i need to give other guys a chance right so i <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a level of handsome that the world isn't isn't prepared for um but no it's it's privacy and like it doesn't it doesn't need to be me to be solra and like to get the message out so if i can you know have a bit more privacy and just do my thing without it then it doesn't really matter at least that's how i so see it's, it it's not like a batman thing where like, <laughs> you pe people need like a symbol not like a person it's not it's not you that's well, the hero it's, that's how it functions Solbra. yeah exactly yeah. and you know on some level like anyone can be solra you know, it's, right. it's not me as such. And while I do, you know, it is me on a lot of levels, but the, the whole, like, 
at least the social media side of it's like this is this apex thing to aspire to and i don't i'm not sober every single day you know in that sense yeah. um, but i think taking me out of it taking the person out of it enables it to function as a mythos or a, a hero in some way not to mm. you know whatever but i like it better that way yeah it's cool me too it's dope thanks man now listen i gotta bounce brother um <laughs> but thanks so much man that was a good chat course bro yeah i'm sure we could talk for hours yeah um well seb giorgio um where can people reach you what are you working on uh so digital find wealth. Me on youtube yeah find me on youtube digital wealth if you want google ads but <laughs> that's probably probably not most people um if you want to just consume some of my content uh, i would say probably youtube and twitter so sebastian giorgio on youtube and uh, Sebastian Georgiou on Twitter or Sebastian G. So pretty simple. Easy. Easy. Yep. All right, bro. Thanks a lot. Uh, I'll get this up later. And uh, this has been Soulcast. Thank you, bro. Take care. Have a great day. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Ciao. All right. Bye.